This is Phil Fondy Carroll from Return of the Jedi, Garbage Pail Kids, Troll, Ghoulies 2, Land of the Dead, Willow, Bordello of Blood, Blood Dolls, Creeps, Meridian, Phantasm 2, you name it, I've been in it. Now listen, hey, this is our Nightmare Joke Hit podcast. of your consciousness like a bad dream you can't wake from this is the nightmare junkhead podcast a horror podcast that also believes horror and monster movies are essentially educational my name is greg d i'm genius mcgee and on today's episode our suburban sojourn continues as we surf the digital waves and feast on some pineapples as we tune into 1986's terror vision and whether you've said, I want my MTV or not, you can listen into our show. Simply search for Nightmare Junkhead wherever podcasts are played. Hit subscribe, and when we drop our latest episode, it will download directly to your listening device of choice. All up in your quarantine hole. <laughs> and if you find yourself quarantined and wandering around social media, you can find us on Twitter at Nightmare Junk and on Facebook at Nightmare Junkhead. And it is on that book of face where we have an events tab, which leads to shenanigans and taking care of business shenanigans. And as this episode is releasing on Friday, July 15th, if you live in the Kansas City area, just head on over to screenland.com and you can find yourself taking care of business indoors, outdoors, and virtually. And the Friday that this episode is releasing... God damn it. I know, I know. Um, unfortunately, I'm going to be lone wolfing our latest Friday Night Fright. And again. And, again <laughs> it's, the, pan, the pandemic is for real, ladies and gentlemen. This is something that you have to be cautious on, and that goes mm-hmm. for everyone out there. But let's just say the beaded curtain will be broken out for mm. the double feature of Grindhouse. Do not wear flip-flops in case Tarantino shows up. Um, <laughs> I love fucking... Uh, I saw Grindhouse in the theater when it came out, the, the, the full three-hour shenanigans, and it was so much fun. Um, I love how exploitative the first one is just grimy and dirty, and the other one feels like it's a great homage to that 70s thing. Plus, like, people like... A lot of people think Death Proof is, like, lesser Tarantino, but... I don't know. I think it's right. I think it's right fucking up there because it's the homages he wears on the sleeve are fucking front and center. Plus, it's got Kurt Russell. It's got Rosario Dawson. It's got Vanessa Ferlito. And it's got Zoe Bell. And it's got Mew. Fucking Mew. You, you can't go wrong. Plus, Planet Terror. I'm going to eat your brains and get your knowledge. Fucking Thanos fucking shit up, dude. Fucking Ray Park shit uh, uh fucking shit up dude it's a great movie and it should be noted the version we are going to be watching is going to contain all the fake trailers from machete from we've got don't. hope don't which might be my favorite one and of course thanksgiving mm-hmm. and of course gonna have some vintage trailers before that as well so hope to see you out there now the next friday the following friday Woo! night right yes this is one and i know i i saw it in the theaters i know genius of course 
twice twice i love a good creature feature love a good fun creature feature and this is a great one i love this movie. and this one if i remember if i remember right i think it actually competed in our 2018 into the mouth of march madness tournament oh yeah i got a signed poster by carrie Wirr from this movie out of everything carrie Wirr could do i'm like fucking eight-legged freaks I love this movie. And whether like, it's so much fun. It is unbelievably fun. And even if you do suffer from arachnophobia, because of the giant sizeness, I think it lessens the scares a little, at and least the fact in that theory. It's goofy. And it's got our it's got David Arquette. You can't take a movie too seriously when it's David Arquette versus giant spiders. Yeah, so please come on out. We are gonna have a grand old time with that one. Now, Ooh, are we going to go fill up castle like we wanted to do in Iraq? Like I wanted to do in arachnophobia. Can I bring can I bring like a bucket of spiders, like fake spiders and be like, <sighs> that would probably be a bad idea if we really want people to come back and have a good time. Uh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, I, I really had to reel you in on that nerder <laughs> wing. Yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. Because I was ready. I had like fake spiders and everything. And I was like, do, 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 do. And we had some people there that you would have probably ended their lives with fright. They had a hard enough time without that. So on top of that, we're not, ladies and gentlemen, we're not going to give you the William Castle treatment. The only texture you'll get is a beaded curtain, if anything. (laughs) I'll I'll be good. (laughs) Now, the other repertory screenings that are happening the weekend of the 15th, uh, we are continuing our celebration of the class of 1982. And it's kind of rare that a sequel can be considered superior to its original movie. Um, but not always the case. Gremlins and, 2. Yes, oh, Gremlins 2, Aliens, Empire Strikes Back, and of course, from the year of 1982, Star Trek II, The Wrath of... Come on! <laughs> Which, even seeing the bits and pieces when they're showing the coming attractions of what's coming up, there's that shot uh-huh. of him going, there she is. Oh, Ricardo Montalbaum and his chest. I don't know right. if that was my first like introduction of fine Calithian leather, but he is operating at another level in that movie. And if you are not misty-eyed, by the end of that film, you're again operating on some other level that I am not wanting to be on. Do you think? Um, do you think Khan got his captainship from Emperor Hirohito? <laughs> well, the one thing that you will forget is there's that weird earworm at the beginning of the movie. You, Chekhov's earworm. Yes. Check literally. That thing is literally fucked. Chekhov's earworm. Chekhov's earworm. Right. That thing is fucked up. That thing. Is unintentional horror. Yes. They... If we ever do, if we ever do our unintentional horror, we have Superman three. Yes. We have, um, we have that one. We got all sorts of shit. Yeah. And I will say this: you can throw in Thor, Love and Thunder. If you haven't seen it yet, the gore, he is terrifying. I guarantee. I, I heard, yeah, I... I heard it's almost Sam Raimi esque. I heard it's more horror than. Um... It's crazy how far he, yeah, he veers into it because then everything else is just so Taika Waikiki fun. And then Christian Bale shows up. Dude, with his eyes and his smile, you can just see him slowly coming into frame. I, he gave me the hebeest of the jeebies. I was super impressed with it. 
a la, a la uh, Streets of Fire? A la Streets of Fire. Very Dean Cundy-esque approach there. Ooh. <laughs> now, one of the other films that is playing this weekend is an anime that I remember seeing back in the day. And it was probably this one, Akira, and Wicked City that made my eyes open up quite a bit and made my head turn over to make sure no one was walking in on me as we're going to be taking in the OG Vampire Hunter D. Ooh, classics. I have not watched that in quite some time. Yeah. I distinctly remember watching it at my grandmother's house back in the day. And again, looking over my shoulder the entire time going, oh God, please don't walk in. But he's got like that little thing in his hand that, Mm-hmm. In back, like devours that, that like that's, yeah, that's the kind of thing I remember need, with it. We need to do uh, uh, horror anime month. Hell, I usually do a yearly screening of Akira, and that one is just so body horror, horrific. body horror, right? Right? I could, you know, same thing with violence horror, we could throw in uh, Ninja Scroll. Oh, I get. Dude, that's another one. No, it was Wicked City was the one with the the foul stuff. That yeah, it's yeah. Just as long as we don't get, as long as we don't get the wrong anime where we're oh, and all of a sudden la, da, 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 da. you end up on a special list somewhere. It's not good. Oh, the squiddliest of diddlies. Now, of course, those are taking those are going on indoors. Now on Saturday, the sixteenth outdoors, a movie as. We like to say, launched a thousand fetishes and phobias, but one mm-hmm. I haven't watched in quite some time, and it does contain one Kathleen Turner, who we talked about last week. Come on out outdoors for Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Oh wait, I fucking adore. No, please come out to Roger Rabbit. <laughs> no, um, I adore, adore, adore this movie. There's something inherently that I love when you have cartoons and real world mixed in together you know and i remember seeing this in the theater and it just absolutely blew my mind because this was like the first real instance of an actual shared cartoon universe where like cartoons from different because there's been ones where you know okay all of the looney tunes hang out with all the looney tunes Mm -hmm. but the looney tunes don't hang out with disney you know they don't hang out with tom and jerry and droopy so like seeing all that Plus, it's funny as shit, and then it's scary as shit. Because I was Judge just about Doom, to say, Judge Doom that peers into horror adjacent territory big time. Remember me, Eddie? Yeah, no, fucking nope. nope uh huh. No. <laughs> and then the we the weasels, <laughs> they're they're great. The- and Bob Hoskins. Every time, but there if there's three movies that I will always cherish with Bob Hoskins, and that's this one. Um, Super Mario Brothers and um, Unleashed. Those are my absolute three favorite Bob Hoskins movies. And I'll even throw in Doomsday. I was going to say, I'll throw in Doomsday on there. Yeah. But no, this movie is great. And then, of course, Jessica Rabbit. So again, a thousand phobias and a thousand fetishes. So please come on out. Speaking of. Oh, yes. Cool World's coming out. (laughs) Well, funny enough, that's one of the trailers that will play before Who Framed Roger Rabbit. So (laughs) if that's going to scratch that particular itch for you, you are good there. You are good. (laughs) Now, of course, if you don't live in the Kansas City area, I'm I'm, I'm sorry. That's a bummer because Screenland's pretty rad, little mom and pop. But if 
If you would like to support from afar, you absolutely can. In fact, there's a couple ways you can do that. Uh, you can rent a number of films from them directly by going to ScreenLandOnline.com or even better yet, become a member of their film family by going to Patreon.com slash ScreenLand where amongst the many perks and the tears, uh, Genius and I host a little movie watch potty called The Shutter Shoutout where we stream two films via Shutter, and our latest one is going to be releasing on Saturday, July 30th. Now, I know one of the films that we're going to be talking about is going to be Revealer, mm-hmm. but we don't know the, the other, other one. one. is, yeah, TBA, TBA. Yeah. And as for anything else, TBA. So right now, we're definitely going to be talking about Revealer, which, if you haven't seen, it's fucking rad. But we're going to talk that. We're going to have another movie, but it's going to be it's going to be fun. And of course, they will both be streaming via Shutter. But by joining the Screenland Film family, we put together quite a little home viewing experience. Uh, you're going to get access to a customized pre-show uh, introduction by Genius and myself to give you a little context with the films, uh, vintage trailer reels for each movie, and of course the scintillating post-film discussion where we try to process the two films that we just took in and possibly, as Junia said, TBA with some TBA, possibly. Mm -hmm. Don't even want to jinx it. (laughs) Now, if that sounds like that's right up your alley, uh, head on over to patreon.com slash screenland. Please, please join the many of us. Uh, And again, there are a number of people that are not in the Kansas City area that are part of the film family. So everyone that's out there doing that, Thank you. You make our little place of worship here wonderful. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, genius, if I am talking Patreon and film family. Hey, bellies. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Zoom indeed. Zoom indeed. Mm-hmm. We mm-hmm. have our own little weird film family uh, congregating over there. And for those of you that are in the Another Time or... Another place. Tier. Uh, you're going to have access to our latest commentary track, of which we're talking Joe Dante's The Burbs. Sardine. <laughs> we will not, I repeat, not be imbibing sardines during that commentary. Dude, I make a uh, fucking wince grimace face every time I walk by the sardine aisle in the... Uh... At the grocery now. Like, hey, even even uh, fucking Mount Baldy go, hey, Zardine, Shlech, shut up. You know, it's like, mm-mm, mm-mm. Needless to say, if you uh, Google Nerds and Nostalgia, the Burbs Live, you will hear Genius and I take in some sardines, and it's it's not pleasant. It is not pleasant. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. No, no, no. <laughs> now, that is our commentary. Now, our new horror episode we're going to be releasing, and this is what I'm super excited on because I've only seen the one trailer for it, and it kills every time because just if I see UFOs, I'm going to say, nope. <laughs> and we will be talking Jordan Peele's nope. Now, if that sounds like something you're interested in, you'd like maybe a little shout out here on the show, head on over to patreon.com slash nightmarejunkhead, where we do indeed have every tier from a squiddly diddly to another time. Another place. <laughs> now... <sighs> This has been fun. Our little tour of the suburbs so far, genius. Um, Mm -hmm. We started in 1984 looking at kind of you can't escape your past even if you move into the suburbs. I'd like to think with A Nightmare on Elm Street. 
Mm-hmm. We got a little bit of satire and a lot of humor with John Waters' serial mom. And this week, I'd like to think we're going to even the seedier underbelly of the suburbs. As We're going to that one house that they, they tell you not to trick-or-treat at. Or if you do, they're always having parties. And you're like, hey, I like parties. No, no, those aren't the parties for you, youngster. So that's always that one house. Or like, oh, how come all those different people are coming there? It's that one house the neighbors tolerate because they're good neighbors, but they talk about because they're bad neighbors. They have adult parties, genius. That's the stuff you can't partake in if you're a kid. Right. What's all the pineapples? I like pineapples. And I'm trying to remember when we first introduced the idea of pineapples and that being a code for uh, a couple that is into the swinging lifestyle and that is a whole subculture that still exists to this day but especially in the 70s and 80s you had films depicting the swinging lifestyle and more importantly the fact that it is usually coming from like you said one of those homes in your in your neighborhood that was you know different potentially Right. But they were trying to frame them as it's just everyday people that are exploring a different kind of lifestyle. Yeah, just more open with their love. I mean, and you know what? We're not throwing shade or judgment at all about this. No, not at all. But, you know, when we're talking about the movies, there is portrayed in satire because, you know... In the 70s, when you think of swingers, you have a certain motif and a certain idea. And 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 it's portrayed, because like, it's not even horror, but Raising Arizona, mm-hmm. I'm talking about Lamour. No. It's still, Sam McMurray still played like, well, we're going to talk about God Love Beef, right? And uh, just that whole, got the... Gold chains, the big lapels, the just oh, like ah, yeah, the tight polyester pants, and then um, the wife is all like all extra flamboyant, and like, yeah, so yeah, we're not throwing shade to swing and lifestyle, we're just talking about the satire that they have. If, if you dig pineapple decor, down, no, no judging Coo. on this side at all, but I would even right. say you can go to um, the ice storm. With Kevin Klein, Sigourney Weaver, that was a very serious take on this idea. It was the, based on a key party, but uh, Ang Lee did that one, so that's classy. Well, didn't even going back, like, wasn't it? What was it? Uh, I'm not sure. Bob and Ted and Carol and Alice, Alice yes, shit like that. Of which yeah. this movie specifically homages with that one particular bed scene when they're all the little heads are popping out, but there's mm-hmm. the squidly diddly going on underneath. <laughs> Uh, but it was this idea of um, breaking free from these traditional mores and allowing self-exploration. It was all about just not a- adapting to society's norms. You know, it's just basically trying to trouble. But it's freaking out the squares is what it comes out to be, basically. Yeah. Or just giving yourself over to absolute pleasure. And just like, because that... Pool and television. All it needed was, uh, uh, all it needed was one of those like life preservers, and it would totally be a don't dream it be a pool. Pool. And so, no, it's all about like. Now here's the thing: 
these swingers in this movie were bad because you know here's the thing do whatever you want to do but if you're having to lock your kids inside of a, a bomb shelter to keep them away from your sexual shenanigans you might want to move to another room so <laughs> between that <laughs> and, and, and again the decor everywhere it's, I mean, the open the door, the fountains, the, the water was coming out of the nipples, and there was like that weird pop comic art of S and M. This was madness. This well, movie's madness. I'm almost positive I saw this place in this particular house one time on a real bad, real sex viewing at some point in my youth, because the it was like. It was like a, a Las Vegas brothel or something like that. They were doing the tour of, or like the secret lives of Connecticut women. And like they went down there and it was like a Connecticut Swingers Club. And everybody was like stuffy old money just banging each other. It was not what I was expecting. Right? I mean, <laughs> let's just say every time I watched real sex, every time I walked away disappointed. There was never a good viewing experience, if you know what I mean, with that show. And if there was a small, you're expecting, you're expecting, like you know, okay, it's real sex, cool. I, I like the movies that I have to download. You know what I'm saying? So like, <laughs> and then it's like we're taking the lives of real people, and then it's like cool, it's real people. Yeah, it's real people. Okay, cool. Well, I guess. It's just like, look at myself naked or better, you know? So. Well, and again, it's this idea of exposing the seedy underbelly of stuff that is going on behind that house that lives right next door to you. That neighbor where you're saying hello with this very hand, they're doing things that you may not dream about. Mm -hmm. But it is also built around consent. That's the biggest yes. thing. Consensual that's adults. That's, yes. That's the, mm -hmm. And again, we are all about Whatever you do, do what you like as long as it's not hurting yourself or others. Totally cool. Exactly. Totally and, cool. And don't involve aliens really diddly, <laughs> without their consent. Because yes. if it's the monster from the untamed, your swinger party might get kicked up a couple of notches. You'll but if it's the monster from Terrorvision, you're gonna have a lot of either way, you're gonna have a lot of cleanup, depending on how much help you're gonna get at the end of the thing, is the depending on the monster. So either everybody's gonna pitch in or everybody's gonna pitch out. So <laughs> All I can think about now is that what we do in the Shadows episode when they're talking about the orgy that went bad. I'm like, yeah. I don't Timothy's even want to talk orgy. his name. Yeah, <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's, it's so glorious. It's so glorious. But the reason that these two things come together is that cable TV and satellite dishes gave way to a whole nother world for people. And it was a gateway and an entranceway into these type of things. Do you remember when somebody in the neighborhood got a, one of those big, giant fucking monstrosities, the kind that you could skate in, and you're like, <laughs> oh, they must be fancy, you know? Because back in the day, fucking cable was, I mean, cable ain't cheap now, but it was definitely not cheap back in the day when you had to rent that, that big-ass monstrosity, fucking picking up space sim, like that telescope just did the other day. Like, fucking those things were huge. And that's what I'm always curious to find out is just in terms of our listening audience, the age range. And again, those that have always had the Internet in their lives. Uh, for those of us that grew up in the age of video stores, there's these lines of demarcation in terms of age and experience based on your level of nerdom and geekdom. I will say I'm very fortunate. I've mentioned it many times. Cable was cultural currency. 
I was fortunate enough to have cable back in the day, and it really opened up a number of things for me. Uh, I there's there's a reason why friends would want to come over on Saturday nights. And hey, can we watch HBO? What's on? Let's go to the TV guide. Ooh, N for the movie, perfect. SC, even better. Ooh, Ooh. or SSC, Sex- strong yeah, sexual super, content. S- super sexual content. <laughs> and to no, no, I I remember. The, like when you had cable, I mean, shit, how do you think I got the magic mixtape? Mm-hmm. Showtime free weekend, mm-hmm. right? So, like, yeah, if you had cable, fucking you were set. You did, because this was, you could go to the store, renting videos was still a thing, but when you first got the, the, either somebody with the big dish or when they switched it over to those little small things where you had to flip the channels and push the button, like pip, pip, pip. Love yeah. it. Love it. You know, Tactile. <laughs> Cable, cable was the shit, and so when it was a big deal, it was like he's like, "Look what I got, three hundred channels." I mean, that's you felt fucking excited because you opened up a whole new world. And then there was always the rumor that if someone had a satellite dish, they had direct access to Playboy TV and to the, the dirty shit, the stuff that normally is scrambled. That's yes. unscrambled when you have the satellite. Yes. and that's the one where people would try to like. Let's see if I can get this mini satellite and sneak off that one. I sure know if I fucking tried a couple of times. Siphoning so, like, cable, yes. It's such a different time to think about that. But times really haven't changed. People are still seeking this stuff out. Now we have the internet. You don't need uh, you know, a satellite dish or cable to see these things. It is, it's at the touch of your phone right now. These kids today are too soft. They don't know hold the joy of working for it. <laughs> if you want to enjoy some sexy channels, you had to work for it. You had to find when it was on, unscramble it. There, there... <laughs> you had to, we had to use our imagination, man. Right? About the stuff that I we think were... I see a boob. I think I see a boob. Turns out it's probably somebody's shoulder, but at the same time, you're like, hey, 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 it's, it's something. It was a shoulder and a giant pimple. I thought it was a boob and a nipple, okay? <laughs> Regardless, we were thankful for that because it was new. It was exciting. It was taboo because we've grown up. Our country, still to this day, is still very hung up when it comes to sex. Fucking our whole country was founded by fucking Puritans that left because the Catholic, the church was too laxed. You know what I'm saying? When the church is too laxed, uh, you know, it's, I, I don't know. I, no, no, no. Again, it, it opens up an exploration that you could devote a dissertation to. But that's not what we're here to talk about. We're talking about all these wonderful things. Um, did you? Of course you knew. You know the wonder that was MTV back in the day. And not talking about current. I am talking when there was no such thing as reality programs. Genius and I grew up in the... Yes, music and videos. And it was a culture. It was its own thing. Uh, There was a reason... Girls on film. Girls on film. Video killed the radio star. Radio star. I built my... I remember specifically... They were debuting Iron Maiden's Two Minutes to Midnight video for the first time. I built one of my days, like in summer vacation back in the day, for that thing. I stayed home. I had everything timed up. It was a big deal because that was our way of experiencing new music. I did the same thing for um, 
Remember when they had that contest to win the Batmobile and it was Robert Wool and he was like, okay, when we show the Prince video, we're not going to tell you when or where. You have to watch between 8 a.m. and 8 p.m. And it was like, and when we show it, you call the number and if you're like the, the fifth caller or something, you win. Man, I watched all fucking day. All fucking day. You and me both. And they played it at like 7.30. They waited. Exactly. Exactly. They I'm waiting there it. since 8 o'clock in the morning watching MTV. I'm like, fucking, I've seen, uh, <laughs> I've seen this Rod Stewart video 12 <laughs> times already. You know, fucking, let's see some prints. And I was there, my friend. I was there right with you. But you know what? We built our day around it. And you know what? It was actually kind of exciting. I was still, mm-hmm. I thought I could win the Batmobile. I thought there was a realistic chance, built on my love and devotion of the Batman, that I could be riding around Stillwell, impressing girls, you know, and getting them into the Batmobile. Fucking getting, riding up to school in the Batmobile? Oh, Fucking, forget about how it. How tight would that be? You wouldn't even have to be the one driving. You could say, thanks, Alfred, and then just, like, bounce. I mean, that'd be the shit. That'd be the absolute shit. That would be kind of wonderful. But alas, neither of us were the fifth caller, as it turned out. But needless you didn't to say, even call Medusa. No, I wish I wish I could have called Medusa. Um, let's also talk a little bit about Empire Pictures, and I'm not talking Full Moon Pictures. I'm talking old school Empire before the transition happened. And I was looking at a list of films that they put out, and. It's unreal. Like heavy hitters, inspirational, you know, movies and just a few off the top. We have Robot Jocks, which so much fun with Stuart. Yes, we both gave the thumbs up. <laughs> we have a personal favorite of mine which I need you to watch cuz I don't think you've seen it yet. Uh Dungeon Master. Mm-mm. We'll need to definitely check that out. But one we both love a lot, The OG Ghoulies. Mm-hmm. Which to this day is still great. One that we recently had a chance to uh, break out at our Christmas with the Nerds, Trancers. Fucking Jack Death isn't um isn't Troll uh, uh, Empire? Damn right it is. Absolutely. Uh, you've got the Eliminators. You've uh. got Dolls. Basically, all of Stuart Gordon's early. Seminal, just that's the stuff we remember. Animator, yeah. Uh, isn't um, from Beyond? Is that Empire? Is that, is that it is absolutely, Empire? and also one we recently watched for the first time as part of a Shutter shout-out, Rawhead Rex. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And Tourist Trap. Yes. Is and it's all the the brainchild of Charles Band, who he to me is very much like a '70s and '80s kind of a Roger Corman character based on his productions because mm-hmm. all of these films none of them are are meant to be taken seriously they are meant to have fun a lot of them are campy a lot of, they're very practical and very low budget yeah. and he knew his audience he was one of the first to realize that direct to video was not necessarily a bad thing there's actually mm-hmm. a huge audience and money to be made in that world and the cool part about it is like He's always wanted to make horror for horror's sake and share that with his fans. Now, we're not going into full moon, but some of my first like behind the scenes when it came to horror was some Charles Band stuff with he, that video magazine that he used to put out on those cassettes. Yes, it would come at the end. Get. Right. 
he was all about more bang for the buck and realized that there was a market for like special features for horror fans that want to know how the sausage is made. So mm-hmm. he definitely had his finger on the pulse early on. And based on that, he kind of put together his own collection of characters that he would employ, including the director of Terror Vision, one Ted, now is it Niccolo or Nicolou? I think it's Nicolau. Nicolau, even better. So we have three variations and universes that could exist within this. Well, next to Mick Garris, he might have the finest hair in horror. He doesn't have the long flowing lace. He's got, yes, the spiked look. It's spiked straight up. And it's pretty fucking slick. I was watching some behind the features on this, and I was thinking, I wonder if I could pull that off. You know, because I was like, you know, I think I could. It might be. I but I think it needs to be that salt and pepper that he has, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because it's gonna. It's not gonna look right if it's like all jet black, or if it's all blonde, or if it's all like non-white or non-like peppery, but. It's fucking rad. And he's the same dude who did all of the subspecies ones. Yep. So not only does he control the monster, but he's also the mastermind by behind Count Radu. Whenever you all were talking crabs and you were talking Radu, Radu? that's mm-hmm. the only thing that was stuck in my head. So I'm thinking of this guy going, eh, I'm going to get crabs. Ah. Oh. He's, he's fucking slitting his wrist, letting the blood drop out instead of like <laughs> little homunculi turns into little crab creatures. Nah. I'm all for it. Now, he's also he also directed one of my personal favorites, uh Bad Channels. Bad which, Channels is dope. Yes, and that, that has anthology? one of my Yes, yes, and that has one of my favorite soundtracks. Has this really weird Mr. Bungle-esque band called Psychotic Symphony. In fact, when we were watching the uh The Barn at Panic Fest, they played a song from Bad Channels, and I don't know if you remember I had to you leave. Out. I left the theater because I was smiling so big. And I'm yeah, like, oh. you freaked out. You know, like it was a good freak out, but you're it like, was. Ah! yeah. But also, more importantly, Ted Nicolau got his start uh, with one Tobey Hooper in a little film called The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. He was actually one of the production designers of the film. In fact, if I recall right, I believe it's his van that they're driving in throughout. Wow. So, huh. he, yeah, so he has been there since the beginning. And if I remember right, he also started like editing. And at a certain point, Charles Band was like, hey, would you like to direct? And they gave him just like the poster design art for Terror Vision. And if you've all seen it, it is the giant satellite with the big eye and the tentacles. And they were like, make a movie out of it. And. Not only did they make a movie out of it, they made a film that, to me, is underrated, underseen, underappreciated, uh, and I'm hoping more people get out to it at this point. This movie is nothing but fun. Yes. This movie, and like and with everything agreed, with everything you said, I don't think a lot of people have seen it. I think they're, they're looking at the poster with the name Terror Vision. It's kind of like Chopping Ball. You already have these preconceived notions of what it's going to be, even by looking at the poster, too. Mm -hmm. And then, meanwhile, both those movies have nothing to do. Yes, when it comes to to Terror Vision, there is a monster that comes at the satellite. It's got one eye and tentacles. That that is promised, and that is given. But you don't realize, one, how campy it's 
is. This almost could be going back to a John Waters movie. Yes. This could be. I could see the Dreamlanders in this. Mink Stoll could play Mary Warnov. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, it, it would work. It would work. Divine would be Medusa. I mean, it could work. But no. So you have. Um, <laughs> it, it, it's just if you don't realize that it's going to be campy and fun from the minute that the monsters ricocheting on the planet with the, with the sound you effects. <laughs> so you, with a name like terror vision, you don't expect it to be as goofy and as satirical as it is. Cause it was talking all about like, you know, because in the eighties, like at the time swinging was a big thing. Mm-hmm. Punk rock was a big mm-hmm. thing. Fucking survivalist was a big thing. Fucking there's all still big things, but there were more like bigger taboos. There were, more out in the front as a taboo. Now, if somebody is swinging, or if somebody's into punk rock, or if somebody's into survivalist, we're like, okay, cool, oh, yeah, yeah. you know. But back then, it's like, oh well, the the, the neighbors they're I, they're a little bit off, Martha, you know. So especially when Grandpa's over there downtown selling jerky lizard tails. Oh my God, the jerky lizard tails. There's, and it should be noted, this is a movie that we actually had and programmed. As part of one, our I think it was our fourth Nerdoween horror marathon. Mm-hmm. Where sleazy, we, sleazy sci-fi. Yeah, we actually this kicked off uh, everything, and I thought it was a great way to kick things off because it just got this was it was so campy. I think everyone had a good time with it. There were a lot of first-time viewers with it, and it, we it got weirder. We we actually watched From Beyond that followed mm-hmm. it up, and then we what did we close with? Extro. Extro. Yes, that. That was actually a fun night. I'm not going to lie. That was, was a good a time. Super fun that was night. a good time. Super fun. It was a lot of what the fuck. And Terror Vision kicked us off perfectly because it is equal parts campy. It's equal parts gooey. Uh, it's equal parts funny. And some weird, definitely original monster design, uh, care of the late, great John uh, Carl Beekler, who was another Empire films regular, even into Full Moon. Yeah, he did Troll. Yes, he directed uh, he Troll. Did all the special effects for a lot of the films. And the interesting thing about Monster, like he on the the special features, he was saying basically the only design the only design that uh, Ted gave me was that he wants it to be scary, goofy, and slimy. And so that was the only direction. Then they ran with it, and they actually kind of butted heads a lot to this. John Carl Buca was like, yeah, it's cool design, and yeah, you know, so he ah. wasn't that happy with it because then the Ted was like, no, no, this is this is the feel I'm going for. This is the the way that I want it to do, and so I think in the end they both worked out good because the monster does look cool. It is super practical and like it's gross it's and it is gross. funny because it but- acts like a dog, but then it also has like. The pinchers that suck your brains from the inside out, that weird sucking arm thing. And it is a vile creature that can regurgitate body parts and re- swingers. Yes. <laughs> well, you mentioned the fact that it is very, he's very dog-like, and I'm not going to lie. There are parts of me, especially when they started trying to domesticate him, that I'm like, oh, I'd kind of like to have a little scruffy here like that. I think Charlie would help you know, ease them into the family and everything, but no, there are certain creatures that you're not supposed to domesticate that aren't meant to be domesticated, and this is definitely one of them. But from the get-go, well, it's, it's like it's like 
It's like you know that the lady that like got a chimp, that bought a chimp as a pet, and then it ripped her face off. Right, and, and and so like, and some people were surprised by that. Like, oh, no, it's like, of course it did, of course it did. It's acting in its nature. Yeah, you, it's a wild animal, you know. It you can domesticate it so much, but at the same point in time, there's that primal instinct to rip people's face off or eat swingers. <laughs> well, I want to st- I want to start with one of the things that I r- love with this movie. And that is the feature theme song. And it is catchy. Uh, we've utilized it for our game of games with uh, songs in the key of death. Uh, I'm going to play a smidget here. Uh, enjoy a little bit. This is the, I believe it is the Fibonacci's Terrorvision theme. Ah! Never mind. That's just too much trouble there. Needless to say, I, it's great. It's uh, I, I, I dance, watch the Medusa's it's, eyes turn green. It's from a, my own reflection I've never seen. Oh, oh, it's oh, oh, oh. almost terror vision. It's almost a critique on people that get lost in movies that just find themselves not interacting with society because. They're watching movies all day. They're interacting with Medusa as a host. Uh, this is very much like a love letter to sci-fi horror of like the 50s and 60s. Uh, very much in a like an Invaders from Mars kind of way. Mm-hmm. In like just a, an alien out of the nowhere. And you know it's that's what they're going for when the he- hero alien comes in. And he's wearing the sci-fi suit with the big helmet and the gun. Greetings, Earth children. I'm here to protect you. And then he's dispatched five minutes later. Immediately. Oh, it's glorious. It is glorious. <laughs> and I think the reason this movie works so well is, of course, it is the monster and creature design. But also, from top to bottom, this cast is Stacked. unreal. This Stacked. is an expendables of amazing genre character actors that are bringing their like camp game to this one and their AB game. <laughs> and let's start with, and my goodness, back in the day, I had the biggest crush on Diane Franklin. And I think it initially came from her role as Monique in better off dead, <laughs> you know, cause you know, we all speak the international language genius, mm-hmm. but she's also involved in the goes from a boner jam to a bummer jam in last American virgin. And I, got to this movie late so when i see her coming in rocking this like cindy lauper you know new wave kind of look new wave yeah big loud bombastic but yet she's like uh like totally gross and just got that valley girl accent it's a great juxtaposition with the wild Right, okay. that girl's not right back in the day, you know. Well, <laughs> I remember that Cindy Lauper punk rock. Oh yeah, oh, she's so unusual. Well, we're only mm-hmm. missing Captain Lou Albain, Albain, uh, Albano. Is it Al? Not Albino, Albano. I thought it was Captain Lou Albano. Albano, there. We, I, good God, it's been too long. We're, I don't know. Well, he's well, to the Super Mario Brothers Super Show. <laughs> Regardless, though, the mom and dad in this film, I think, can go head-to-head, toe-to-toe 
with any mom and dad character combo in horror. And you mentioned it before. If you're going to swing, why not swing with some beef? Mm-hmm. Welcome, Fucking Garrett Graham. Welcome back beef. to the show. Yes. Yes. Fro- that man is a goddamn national treasure. Even when he shows up and just, like, utters two words, like, in Chopping Mall, he's still memorable. Fucking he, everything he does, and the way he says everything, he just gets to the level, his mannerisms, the inflection, just like, come on, stew! You know, and he's over there saying, wait, <laughs> come on, Spiro, let's have some fun. You're a hell of a guy. And he's over there just all swarmy and he's, just the he's gold got, chain yes. coming out when he's putting the underarm in the, the preparation for the swinging was spectacular in fact all of his interactions from again the satellite dish guy uh, to his kids he they all seem again they're at another level of zaniness but they also kind of seem to get along for the most part even though they're popping pills in the youngster <laughs> Right, and threatening to go see the psychologist, oh. and like throwing him in the fucking in the bunker so they can swing. Well, and then a, you, the mom, yes. queen, queen, queen of the bees, yes, good well, old dancing Mary Warnoff, Principal Vader, welcome back. Oh my goodness, and she is great. She is great every time. Again, she's another one. Even if, remember in Nomads, yes. we were like, is that, is that, that's, that's Mary Warnoff. She doesn't say shit. She just comes up there, jumps on the car, and starts dancing. And she's one of the most memorable things about that movie because it's Mary Warnoff dancing on a car. And she always shows up just randomly. And it's always wonderful when she shows up. Well, you had made mention that they initially offered her the role of Medusa, but she was yeah. like, hey, could I? play Raquel Putterman? Putterman? Yeah, she's like, I always play the Medusa character. She goes, I want to play something a little bit different and something new. And the fact that she has, she's both selfish and self-centered, but yet she's also like the 50s housewife June Cleaver, but she's also this domineering swinger goddess, and she's also just like it, it's it's just this whole juxtaposition of her character, and she plays it perfectly. Oh yeah, and my I love her initial introduction when she's doing the aerobics, and you just exercises, there... just like <laughs> right. It is, and then there's hey, like he's gonna have the hottest dish in town, and then meanwhile the uh, the the. The security guard or the, the, the salesman's salesman, like, yeah. yup, just staring her up and down. Leering like, salesman. You gotta, it's either that or the pool boy. It's one of the two you're gonna have in there. But they play off each other so wonderfully. You can tell they're having a ball, mm-hmm. just being absurd. And I love the fact that they're also very open with what they do. In fact, they say, well, kids, we're gonna be swinging tonight. They're almost too open. They're about almost it. too open. But then we've also got the great John Grease, or John Grise, however you pronounce it, as O.D., who, good, like, this is the time... Uncle Rico? Yes, and that's just it. Everyone knows him as Uncle Rico. But some of us know him as the closet dweller known as Laszlo from Real Genius... We know him as the Wolfman from Monster Squad. You know, he has carved himself out a really nice niche in genre movies. Fright Fright Night 2. That's right. 
Oh my God! Of course, of course. He, he was the were he was the werewolf vampire. The Randy one. Yeah. And speaking of Randy, Randy Brooks is in this movie. Who? <laughs> as che- as Cherry, you and- got a real interesting place here. It's real weird. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> now, were you getting burger hungry, genius, by any chance? I was getting burger hungry. That's where she's from. Yep. Fuck yep. yeah. She so back in the day, as some of you might know this, we used to uh, at Screenland Tapcade. Sadly, a you know casualty of COVID. Pour one out pour for one them. Out for the homies. We once a month did this thing called Monday Mystery Movie Night uh, in relation to nerd the, our Nerds of Nostalgia podcast. And the idea was for free, you'd show up, we'd screen a movie, and you wouldn't know what it was until we screened it, and then we recorded an episode of the podcast afterwards, and we invited people to come down and talk with us. And our very first film, the film that kicked everything off, was this little boner jam called Hamburger the Motion Picture (laughs) that does feature one Randy Brooks. And just seeing her show up and embracing the role that she plays is awesome. Mm Mm-hmm. But more importantly, though, is her partner... Hold on. Before before her partner, let's talk about Grandpa. Oh, Grandpa. So... That guy, that yes. guy, old, that old guy. That, he's, he's, your grandparents would pull um, the, the, um, oh my God, the Rick Dalton and go, hey, because hey, he that's was him. in. That's that guy from that cowboy movie. That's that guy from Maverick. Yes. And it's nice to have kind of old Hollywood in a movie like this and him embracing the wackiness and craziness of this survivalist grandpa that is holding on hope that his lizard tail business is will kick off one day. And the funny thing is you he's introduced he's wearing this old military garb with like airplanes and shit all decked out and he's got this big sign that says nature's recurring or nature's renewable energy source lizard tails and he goes can't even go to downtown anymore but bunch of freaks and weirdos and then <laughs> it's a generational thing and that's the beauty then you know having his his kids doing that under that roof probably drives him nuts. That's probably why he created the bomb shelter to get away from all the swinging shenanigans that were going on upstairs. Teaching the kids about about gun safety and shit and, and C4 makes it real pop. The fact that he pulls a real gun on the kid, pop, you're dead, soldier, right? And I'm like, this is not a safe environment for this child, right? It's already been proven between pills timeout rooms, and then gunplay. Little bit stuff going on at this house here. Right. And also, uh, Chad Allen playing the younger kid. Now, he has gone on, and he is actually still working. Uh, actually, it looks like his last movie was back in 2011, but he was a kid actor from way back in the day. We're talking from Simon and Simon to Airwolf to he actually, oh, wow. He Dr. Voiced, Quinn Medicine Woman. He voiced Charlie Brown in Happy New Year, Charlie Brown. Oh, shit. No he was shit. in Dexter. He was even in Tales from the Dark Side. Oh, no shit. So oh, wow. needless to a say, lot yeah, of stuff. That's what's kind of cool. You have old Hollywood. You have new Hollywood. You have cult Hollywood. They, Upcoming Hollywood. They put together and, quite a cast. Mm-hmm. And then you have... Alejandro Ray as Spiro. <laughs> you you might you might know him from such great films as The Flying Nun, um, an episode of A Team, 
Uh, I think he was one of his last roles was in uh, Goodwill Hunting. Oh wow! So, but he probably out of all the goofy and shenanigans movies, and he's not problematic, but his reactions to the character reactions to him is problematic. Let's let's give probably let's give the 1986 another time, another place. Warning! There we go. Um, but he probably utters. One of my favorite lines, and like when this line was said at our uh, at that uh, Nerdoween, I think you. everybody in the audience was like, <laughs> it just kind of tickled everybody because for the most part, everybody who comes on the who came to that was a listener of the show or at least hung out with us, so right. they know certain phrases and vernaculars. So when Spiro <laughs> is talking about Oh, that's a great idea for a movie, too. Martians diddle the universe. Intergalactic swingers. Wonderful. Martians diddle the universe. <laughs> Love it. Love it. Oh, it is such a spectacular line reading and the conviction of which he says it. And he's playing that character fairly straight. Well, not necessarily straight, but... There's just, it's just he knows the kind of film he's in, and it's enhancing mm-hmm. that particular movie. <laughs> and that's the thing. Everybody knows what kind of movie they're in, mm-hmm. you know, and they're relishing it, and they enjoy it, and they get the joke. I think if all the pieces didn't fall into place, we wouldn't be talking about it right no, now. It, as one, and, and to be still, because it's such an underseen gem, how funny it is and how how paced it is and how like you think it's going to be one thing but it doesn't and then here comes the monster and he's going to eat everybody oh nope Nope. now he's acting like a dog okay cool you know and so well and you've already you mentioned the the dispatchings and that's the one thing when he inevitably does go after people it's not pleasant it looks awful the and especially the faces they're making like garrett graham when he's doing his whole thing yeah. Yes, it's just to the next level, but it doesn't look pleasant. It looks unsettling what it undoes to the person. And then the fact that he just slurps you up and then he can unsquiddly diddly you and like bring you back as like a talking head, one of his appendages. And, and it's just so bizarre. And that's where you do get the Bob Carroll, Ted, and Alice homage where they're just taking care of business. Ew, gross. When Grandpa pops out, it is so... And the amount of, not necessarily KY that they use for this, but everything is so wet and slimy that it's practically a character in and of itself. Well, the monster looks like a sentient shunting, and so, like, it only makes sense that there's goo. The shunting that went wrong? Yeah, it's not quite as bad as, like, the slither... You know, that's a super sentient shunting, but this one's more like an offshoot. This is the one that, like, after the shunting, the mess that just came up. And it's kind of funny, like, oh, they're great pets. They're wonderful pets until they mutate. And then, you, and so I'm like, is that basically the equivalent of, like, going rabid? Like, ah, gotta put you down now, you know? So. We gotta take it behind and tell it about the rabbits. They're the space yeah. rabbits in this case. It's instead of old yeller, old Slimer back home. <laughs> well, and then you get the introduction of Medusa, 
as this horror mm-hmm. host who I love the fact that she's got a call-in segment, like a live call-in segment that is very, very almost Nightmare Junkhead low rent-esque, uh, just in terms of just going straight to the phone, but how she's incorporated and how, let's face it, why did, why did you mention that they hired her? I think there was a pun involved. Yeah, they hired her as Medusa because when they walked in, she came in and auditioned, and they're like, "Well, it, you have a big giant chest that probably makes men hard, so you're Medusa." There and you go. She's like perfect, and she went with it and ran. And I think she's not necessarily a satire; she's more of an homage to mm-hmm. Elvira mm-hmm. because, again, Elvira got the joke. Yep. She knows that people are going to look at her bosoms, and so she cracks wise about them. That's the same thing Medusa does. And so, like... Well, she gets fairly dirty there for a minute where I'm like... She gets super dirty, and then she just switches it around. Like, have wet nightmares. Like, okay. (laughs) But the fact that she is also a partier, and I guarantee she probably pulled up and was like, hey, is that a a pineapple? Okay. This is my kind of party. party. she She gives little bumps to all of her snakes. (laughs) (laughs) well and then what i also love is the the prevalence of the satellite dish and the fact that in the background we are seeing these different tv shows and even like the remote control they use is something huge yes which yeah remote controls back in the day that's not really far off no it just didn't have the dingling twingling things but you still had to move your sat you had to control the satellite to move it to get into position it wasn't like where it was beaming down to all or coming through cable it was like fucking on a rainy day you were fucked question have you ever had to deal with uh, aluminum foil and antennas yep oh fuck yeah all the time before we had before we got cable before we before we got bougie and got cable then like <laughs> yeah we had the rabbit ears and everything and like oh, gotta put the foil don't move it's perfect damn it and so you'd sit there like i gotta sit down Ah, it's still fuzzy but it's watchable okay yep and again that's another age demarcation where some people are gonna go what and some people go oh yeah why would you you, yeah why why would you use a rabbit for tv it helps it helps the current we we know it's a a mice and men reference but come on guys it's getting (laughs) cheesy here i want to watch tv george i want to watch tv Tell me, tell me about the TV guide. <laughs> oh, my Lord. And then, as much fun as this movie is, as campy as it is, as silly and wacky as it is, it's a pretty kind of a bummer ending, technically. It is, and it subverts, again, going back to what uh, Grandpa said, horror movies yes. and war movies are good for you because it teaches you survival skills, and the good guy wins at the end. And so, again, subvert your expectations everybody knows you're thinking okay the monster's gonna get dispatched nope let's have it go to the screen and then it can take over the world it's yep. almost this almost feels like it can have an alternate ending a la little shop of horrors yes i was just thinking of that it also weirdly feel it fit into uh the apocalypse uh, trilogy potentially because it just mm-hmm. it ends badly for humanity and Given the state in 86, uh, you know, we were probably needing um, a little bit of a purge there, potentially. Uh, other I don't th- know. I had fun in the 90s. Yeah. <laughs> I like the 90s. Well, other thoughts there, Genius? Um, I'm kind of making sure I've got all my stuff taken care of here. Mm, let's see. The f- just taking care. He's in the metal. 
OD, yes, OD repping the Wasp shirt. In fact, they were showing a clip from Wasp that was actually shows up in uh, in Dungeon Master. There's an entire segment where Wasp are like the bad guys, and I well, love them. Ted Nicolau directed one of the segments in Dungeon Master. That was the segment he directed. There we go. Now, now my, one of my favorite things are acronyms in early, early heavy metal, and Wasp, there were two acronyms for it. Uh, one, which is more traditional, was uh, We Are Satan's People. Oh, I thought you were going to say White Anglo-Saxon Protestants. Oh, different kind of Wasp. Okay. <laughs> But then the other one was We Are Sexual Perverts, which was always the wasp that always kind of cracked me up on. Uh, But no, very prevalent. And and John Grease playing him just with the studs, with the the mullet wig. It's it's glorious. And did did that did the thing that dispatched um, John Grease, did it give you Almer vibes? Yes, absolutely. That little thing that pops up. And did mm-hmm. you also notice that when he was dispatched, he was in the shape of a guitar? No. Yes. It's one of those weird, like in Evil Dead, when they're, you got that panning shot and you see the necklace in the, in the shape of a skull. If you go uh-huh. back, he's dissolved into the shape of a guitar. Oh, that's rad. <laughs> Metal to hey, the you end. you know what? <laughs> Metal to the end. And then uh, it was a good head explosion on the alien. Oh, very good, actually. Poor p- and the fact that it was contained in the, 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 the ball... Gave it that extra goo factor. Poor Pluthar. I felt bad for him. He was trying to make amends, trying to take care of everyone. Destroy all your televisions for the next 200 Earth years. You uh, know what? Maybe if we would have done that back in the back in the 80s, yeah, I don't know. Maybe we'd be okay right now. Maybe be, things would be a lot different. I'm not maybe gonna, we would still be in the 90s. Yes. I'm not going to discount it. I'm not going to discount it. No, this one was... A blast to revisit. Um, there's a reason we put it in Nerdoween. There's a reason we wanted to, you know, make sure we talked about it when doing our sojourn through the suburbs. Now, this is one. If you haven't checked it out, there is a uh, Scream Ray, uh, Scream Factory Blu-ray that is put out. Um, yeah, it's it's freaking wonderful. It's freaking wonderful. Yes. So pour yourself a nice Uzo margarita, and, and yeah, watch Martians Diddle the Universe. You will have. A wonderful time with this movie. It's a lot of fun. You're, you're, there's no way you can take this movie seriously. And Not I think all. if you do, you're watching it wrong. While they're saying there's no wrong way to watch a movie, when it's a movie like this, Terror Vision, you, you know, that's like me again watching like Blood Rage. You know? So, like, if you saw it last time and it made you angry, I might check it out again. You know, check it out. Definitely this movie gave me the giggles and not just the Martian still the universe giggles just throughout the movie I was like <laughs> well just the faces that the characters would make let's just say this I'm glad we got our giggles in now because next week we're staying in the year of 1986 but we're not getting a lot of giggles potentially now what movie will we be talking about you'll have to tune in to find out so until that time this is Greg D I'm Genius McGee and we'll see you in your dreams Martians, diddle the universe!